Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Understanding anger and its proper place in our lives is at the heart of Dr. Antoinette D. Brookin's book, The Anatomy of Anger, A Girl's Guide to Living Her Best Life in Christ. Antoinette is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Antoinette, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Can you tell us about what you've written in The Anatomy of Anger? Absolutely. The Anatomy of Anger, you know, that was birthed out of many years of of dealing with anger, but not really understanding what was at the root of it. You know, I, I really do believe that God was guiding my pen as I began to write this, that I began to really just kind of unpack all of those different emotions that are at the root of anger. You know, so often we believe that, you know, we're just mean girls or we believe that we just have an anger issue, but we don't understand that there's the heart issue that's going on. So the anatomy of anger is really talking about my personal journey from hurt to healing and understanding that it was a lot that was going on in my personal life that stemmed from childhood that, you know, it was this, this mask that I was wearing that just looked like anger, but it was just so many different things. It was, it was hurt. It was disappointment. It was abuse. And through writing this book, it is helping, you know, myself and, you know, other women to really process some of this pain that we weren't really looking at before, especially as Christian women who tend to hide some of these emotions because we don't want to be labeled as a bad Christian. It's often hard to understand that you can be angry, but you can also be right. Can you go into that? Because I know you address that in your book, and it's so hard to come to terms with. Absolutely. There is this thing that we call righteous indignation. It's like I have every right to feel angry about things that I've gone through. There's no sin in, in being angry. The Word of God tells us to be angry, but to sin not. But a lot of times what we do is we, we suffer anger. We say a prayer and we move on, but we don't process it. We don't explore it. We don't, we don't take a look at it. You know, we just kind of try to move. We try to move on, you know, and that's where we get into trouble because we don't have the courage to talk about it. You know, and, and it, it takes a lot of courage to talk about anger because anger has been kind of labeled as this, this, this dirty word, you know, and especially as women and oftentimes as black women, because sometimes we could be labeled as that angry black woman, that becomes one of those cancers that I've talked about, you know, in the book. And while this book is not at all just about black women, because it, it speaks to women in, in general, it's kind of hard to write a book, you know, as a black woman and not talk about my own experience experience about how I've dealt with anger and how anger was perceived in the Black community and the Black Christian community. Certainly very important things to discuss, and sounds like your heart, I really appreciate that, the help that you're extending to so many people that really need it. This is The Anatomy of Anger, A Girl's Guide to Living Her Best Life in Christ by Dr. Antoinette D. Brookins. 
Published by Christian Faith Publishing, you can get it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, and everywhere else where you shop for your reading material. Antoinette, thank you so much for your time today. It was great chatting with you and learning about your book. Thank you for having me. Evangelist and author Richard Ramoy joins me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and his new book, The Age, is on shelves now. Richard, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us what The Age is about? The Age itself is a time of which we live under the power and sway of Satan, and we are caught up in the greatest spiritual battle of mankind, the true church versus the counterfeit church. And what inspired you or gave you the idea to write this and get it published? I refer to God as Father, and uh, He's my Father, your Father, our Father. We are all His children. And He told me, I will send you my Spirit, and He will teach you. Because of the times of what we were going through in this country and uh, news abroad, I was moved to do the book, The Age, because Father felt it was time that there needed to be a book out there for any professed Christians to read and to understand that it's his church against the counterfeit, and that needs to be revealed. And I think there's many out there that are aware of it, but that's the reason. Can you tell me about your writing background? Is this the first time you've written or been published, or have you written before? This is my second book. The first book I did in 2003 in his own words, subtitled, God Reveals Mysteries Through His Servants, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. And now, here a while down the road, a few years later, writing your second book, were there any major differences that you noticed as far as writing it and then going through the publishing process? Yes, the first one was just self-published. This one here has got a lot more uh, media attention and helpful for getting attention on the book. Uh, the first book I got it was entered in a uh, Reader's Digest, the 12th Annual International Self-Publishing Book Awards, and they critiqued it and said they'd like to see more people involved. So I took that into consideration doing the age, and I really believe it came out much better because there's humor in there, and there's, as the evangelist, I portray the individual as Sherlock Holmes, which is a master detective. The people involved in various groups over the time were fellow detectives who like to search the scriptures for the truth. A lot of things are explained because you need to understand the key of knowledge, which we're encouraged to use by the Lord in the book of Luke. And if you don't know what that key is and how to use it, it's not very clear. You can just read a scripture and whatever comes to your mind, that's what you feel you read, which is not true. And the Bible interprets itself. What kinds of readers do you think would get the most out of this book? Did you have a target readership in mind when writing this? Uh, Most professed Christians who believe in our Lord and Savior, preparing oneself with the armor of God against untruthful teachings of the false church, and aligning with the genuine church founded by the Lord. He said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Now looking ahead, do you have anything in the works? Are you thinking about doing another book? I'm in the process. I'm book number three. I'm in probably halfway through chapter one. I encourage listeners to check this out. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing. It is The Age by Richard Ramoy. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you get your reading material. Richard, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Life is an ever-changing journey, and author Nisa Ann Clemens teaches children about dealing with change. In her new book, Molly's Adventures Featuring Baby Ant, Nisa is here with me right now. Nisa, thank you for being here and chatting with me tonight. Thank you for calling. Can you tell us about Molly's Adventures Featuring Baby Ant? Well, Molly is a shelter animal. And she learns how to accept change because she had to leave her mother and go to a shelter. And then she meets lots of different friends all the time. And she just learns to always meet friends instead of looking at anything negatively. But during her course of her adventure, she finds out maybe sometimes you should look at things a little more objectively and it might not be good for you. She goes through the different changes of learning how to be independent and helping others and allowing others to help her and to be loved by someone that's not necessarily the one that she's wanted to love her. And, of course, it has a happy ending. Mm. So what gave you the idea for this particular story? Well, what gave me the idea of the particular story was... I got extremely bit by a bunch of ants one night. I was working at a job where a lot of people throw a lot of trash down. And being that I'm elderly, I picked trash up and I picked it up this one night and these ants attacked me. And I used to have a baby brother that if he got to crying or screaming because something like that happened, I would tell him a story to calm him down. So I began to think about my baby brother that's already passed and the story just evolved. I have to say that's the first time I've heard of a story being born out of an ant attack. So I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so this is in the series of Molly's Adventures. How many have come before this, or is this the first one? This is the first one, but I have another one that is, if I had the financing, I would go ahead and start that one. And then I have a third one that, if I had the financing, I would go ahead and start that one. So I knew need for this book to start making me some money so that I can pass these little adventures on to the children that I think the children will enjoy. But mostly, I wanted to accomplish that the parents would enjoy reading this book to their children. And so far, I've accomplished that. And the reason I know that is because I have a friend that has a podcast, but he put it on that he knew someone that had made this children's book. And someone called him in the other day and said, He wanted to know about the author because it was a book that he enjoyed reading, and that was a father. And that's what I wanted to do was to bring children and their parents together for at least a little bit of time at bedtime every night. That's really important to do. Now that you've been through the process of writing a book and jumping through all the hoops of getting it published, what was that like? Well, since I didn't know a whole lot about computers, it was really a three-ring circus. But Christian Faith Publishing brought me all the way through it. They were very patient. And as a matter of fact, I had called them a year earlier, and they called me one day and asked me about my manuscript. And he said, you know, how you can email and this, that, and other. And I said, sir, if I knew how to do all that, I'd already have it done. And he said, well, do you know how to use the U.S. mail? I said, yes, sir. I know how to do that. He said, well, mail it to me. So we started like that from actually scratch from paperwork, the old-fashioned way. A lot of people forget the mail still works, too. Yeah, it does. (laughs) did for me. The book is Molly's Adventures, featuring Baby Ant, written by Nisa Ann Clemens, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and everywhere else you get your reading material. 
Nisa, thank you again for your time here today. It was an absolute pleasure getting to know you and learning about the book. Yes, and I hope you'll buy one. There's a deadly disease out there, but it's a spiritual one. Author William Lindsay Thomas writes about the disease of sin in his new book, Eve's Apple, a historical novelette on how Eden was lost but prophesied regained. Thank you for being here with us tonight, William. Yes, it's a pleasure. So can you tell us about your book? Well, Eve's Apple is about that first woman in, the, in our world who, uh, when she was tested by God and tempted by Satan, both a test and a temptation, not by each of them, by God, a test, by Satan, a temptation to obey God's word and his instruction concerning the eating of a certain fruit of a certain tree. And her failure, it gave to the human race its greatest curse, but still at the same time, its greatest potential blessing. What gave you the idea or inspiration to write this? I think it was to deal with the difference as to why Eve was tested and tempted versus Adam, her companion. It seems like it was not a problem to him, but it became a problem with her. And I wanted to uh, delve into why the difference. If they both had access to what they needed to succeed, and they had everything possible that they could have in this world, and yet that didn't seem to be enough for Eve. From the first time you put pen to paper, clear up through when it was published and on shelves now, about how long was the whole process of writing it? Well, it took me about maybe a year and a half to two years. Is this the first time you've been published or have you been published before? I published a, had a historical novel published a few years ago called Virginia Gold. I had a little bit of my ancestry history as well as other historical events. Looking back over the books you've written and had published, what advice would you offer for aspiring authors looking to want to get published themselves? I would look for questions raised by one's reading in various um, venues and to be motivated to put into writing possible solutions to those questions raised in one's mind, which in turn would lead to more research as to how others have dealt with the problem or problems that you uh, encounter through your reading and curiosity. Just keep on pursuing those answers by writing and maybe joining with other groups of people in a writing class to learn from each other and to experience the conflicts and questions or difficulties in getting into a publishing situation where you're potentially your work would be published. This is Eve's Apple, a historical novelette on how Eden was lost but prophesied regained by William Lindsay Thomas, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and elsewhere. William, thank you for your time. It was great chatting with you and learning about your book. Thank you. The Bible instructs Christians to praise God in good times and in bad. 
and author Kimberly Hutcherson offers guidance and insight in her new book, Praise God First. Kimberly is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you, Kimberly, for chatting with me tonight. You're welcome. Awesome. My pleasure. Can you tell us about Praise God First? It is a book that contains over 500 praise words that really help us to focus on specifically praising God for His attributes. What I found in the Christian walk is we're really great at thanking God. And even when people are thinking they're praising Him, they are really thanking Him. You know, in the book, I point out the difference between what it, why it's important for us to, to recognize praising God, using His attributes to do that. There's about 500 different attributes in the book to help facilitate that. Where did the idea or inspiration to write this book come from? It started when I was in a, a group called Moms in Touch about 25 years ago. We would start our prayer time with praise for God. And what I found was that we really turned it into a Thanksgiving time. It was There was very few attributes that we were recognizing specifically to God and praising Him for that. And so it kind of bothered me that we used the same praise words each week. And I thought, you know, we're talking about an infinite God here, and there surely has got to be more than just a couple words to use to describe some of His attributes. So I began to start writing down words when I'd find them in the Bible that dealt specifically with Him. And I realized that over the years, I had collected all these words, these wonderful words, and I, I had them all in alphabetical order. And I kept them on my desk, and I thought, you know, it's just very handy for me to look at this and use one of the words for how I'm feeling that day to specifically praise Him. And then it just kind of grew from there. It was like God spoke to me to try to go ahead and put it in a book form. And so, yeah, that's what I did. Well, sounds like a great resource. About how long did it take you to put everything together and get it ready to publish? You know, it, the process took about five years. When I very first got the nudging to do it, I literally did not know how to type. I had to download, you know, a free typing program on my computer and teach myself how to type first. This this was not something that I ever set out to do was to be an author of a book. It was very tedious. I just thought, you know, I'm going to keep pushing through it. Um, I had a lot of doubts, fears, everything. But it, every time I thought, what am I doing? This is silly. I'm writing a book. I'm not an author, you know. But eventually I got through it. And like I said, the process took quite a while because of the various things. But eventually it came all together. So what advice would you give to aspiring authors that want to write a book as well? Well, I really would say that if, if they feel compelled to do it, if they feel like it's something larger than themselves saying, you know, this is really something that you should do, then I would say, first of all, pray a lot over it, because I felt that Satan did not want this book to come to be. So there was a lot of opposition and lots of self-doubt and things that went on. I would definitely recommend that they get somebody to help them pray with them through the process. Just keep pushing through. Keep taking it one step at a time until you get to the end. The book is Praise God First by Kimberly Hutcherson, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Kimberly, thank you for your time tonight. It was great chatting with you about your book. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I, I really enjoyed it. Joining me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Shane Warrose. His new book, The Komodon Queen, is on shelves now. Shane, congratulations on the book first off, and thank you for talking with us tonight. 
It's always a pleasure. So, can you tell us about your book? Well, it's a sequel to my first book, The Alice of Golgotha. This book is about the main character. His love interest is kidnapped by the reigning king, and he tries to get her back. So how did the idea for this sequel, the plot, how did that come about? I figure, give him a challenge, the main character a challenge, to test his love for her. Now this is the second in a series of books. Are there going to be more? Well, this is a trilogy, so yes. There won't be one more book after this one. So have you been writing that one yet? Well, the third book is now in production now. Fantastic. Did you meet any challenges along the way as far as writing this one? Yes, he learns patience and kindness. So what sort of inspiration do you draw on to think of these tales, think of these stories? Where does that all come from? They all come from the Bible. Oh, so in what way does the Bible inspire you to write? What sort of message are you looking to get across? That despite the crime you've committed in life, you still have a God that loves you. It's a great message. Now, if an aspiring author came to you and said, hey, can you give me a piece of advice about how I finish my book, how I get it published, what would you tell them? Go for one that I think it's best for you. Fantastic. What sort of readership did you have in mind when you were writing this? Basically a general audience. And did you ever get to a point when you were writing that you hit a writer's block sort of scenario, and how did you overcome that? Oh, I had plenty of those. So what I do is I go back, I get away from my computer a bit, try to think of ways to carry on. Fresh start, so to speak. So what would you say was the most challenging part about getting it published? Was it editing your work? Was it trying to choose a cover, marketing? What was that? Definitely be the editing. Going back and seeing if you get anything wrong, most tedious part. And about how long do you work on a novel like this before it's finished? I guess a month or two. Wonderful. Are there any other final words that you'd like our listeners to hear or the readers to know about your book? Yes, the conclusion of the trilogy series will be called The Time of Trials. Wonderful. Well, we're looking forward to it. The book is The Komodon Queen by Shane Warrose, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you get your reading material. Now, Shane, thanks again for chatting tonight. It was great getting to know you and learning about your books. And thank you very much. We all want to feel fulfilled in our lives, and author Christy Y. Shaw says it's a necessity to fulfill who you are. In her book, Becoming the Person You Told People You Were, Christy's here with me right now. Christy, thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, Corey, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell us about your book? Absolutely. So Becoming the Person You Told People You Were is really my intent to have people take some introspection and to be introspective, to take a personal inventory of, of one's life and to assess their point of arrival and, if necessary, a point of pivot. What was the inspiration or how did you get the idea behind this book? Well, my life was the inspiration. And so the content of the book would be derived of my experiences and just things that I've learned along the way. But I have to tell you, the thing that pushed me into wanting to leave a legacy to this extent was actually the birth of my grandson 13 years ago. I felt like it is time to put something together that will outlive me. And that was the inspiration for writing in general, not so much this book, obviously, because that was 13 years ago, but writing the message 
was inspired by his birth. Is this the first book you've written or published? It is not, actually, but it is certainly the first book that I have published professionally. I've written a few books, but I did them under, you know, my own little publishing outlet. And this is the first book that I have actually moved forward to a professional realm. Would you have any advice now for authors that want to do the same thing? I would, actually. I would tell them to do it. I would say that if you have a story, which you obviously do, that you tell it. And if you are not astute to the process, ask questions and ask people that have done it how to do it. That's my advice. But if you have a story you want to tell, tell it. And what's in your future? Are you working on more? I am, actually. I have a book that is actually complete, fully complete, and it is titled Zebras and Airplanes and Other Things as Told by a Queen. It's a very different type of book for me, but it is, in fact, the message still is root, which is spirituality and knowing yourself better and doing better as a result. And when you were writing this, did you ever hit a wall in terms of the words coming and the ideas coming, kind of a writer's block situation? And then how did you overcome that? Oddly enough, I have to say no to that. The interesting thing, so I view this as my gift. This is, there is an anointing on my writing. And so that's how I know that it is a God-breathed gift. And for that reason, I have never really endured the writer's block issue. The book is Becoming the Person You Told People You Were by Christy Y. Shaw. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and elsewhere. Christy, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you tonight. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Corey, thank you so very much for having me. My pleasure indeed. In his book... Touch Not My Child, author Al Kennedy tells the story of difficulties in his family, drawing on some really tough memories to offer us help and hope. Al, thank you for joining us tonight. It's great to be talking with you. Good to be here. Good to be talking with you. Can you tell us about your book? Touch Not My Child is based on my mother's life, my life, and actual events that my family went through. And what was the inspiration behind writing this book, or where did the idea come from to get this published? My mother had been through a lot, and she died at an early age, and I just felt that her story had never been told. And I had this strong feeling that I needed to let people know that you can go through uh, many difficulties in life, you know, and, and yet still be happy and, and content with, with the situation you're in. Is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published? Yes, it is my first book. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. What's it feel like to have a book you wrote out there on shelves and people can buy it and read it? Oh, wow. Well, it's mixed feelings. Obviously, I was very uh, excited, very happy that you know, I had accomplished this goal I'd been working on for so long. You know, I was a little fearful that maybe my points wouldn't come across to, to everyone or maybe my book, book wouldn't be as popular as I, as I know it's going to be, as I hope it'll be. Yeah, it was kind of mixed feeling. So tell me about your writing journey from when you started writing this book clear through publishing. What did you learn along the way? Were there any surprises? <laughs> Lots of surprises. <laughs> I learned that, you know, you just are not going to sit down and, and write a book in one session quite obviously. And I took many notes over the years and transferred that to a computer, which helped organize the story. 
and you know all that obviously was learning experience you know um it's hard to keep up something on pen and paper move it around like you want to and organize it so it, it was quite a learning experience even up to the point of how do you publish a book and who do you go to and obviously you got to go to someone you can trust and depend on that uh, it's going to support you do you have any advice now for aspiring authors that want to do the same thing you did Take pen in hand and uh, write down your memories and thoughts of, you know, what it is your, you know, your subject is that you, that you want to write about and, and just don't give up. Don't give it because, you know, there's going to be times that, you know, it's going to be overwhelming and you're going to like, I can't do this, but you can. I, I would just say, um, stay the course. Don't give up and, and just just know that there is a book in you. You just got to get it written down, uh, whether it's on paper or, or computerized or, you know, whatever, electronic. They say everyone has a book in them, and all you have to do is sit down and just start writing. Oh, absolutely. I, I completely believe that. Even though it took me a long time you know, to get through this process, I, I knew that there was a, a book there, and I wanted to you know, write it, and I wasn't going to stop until I got through. You know, I felt like many times there were roadblocks in the way. You know, I finally managed to get it done. Are you considering maybe taking this journey again, maybe doing another book? I've actually already started on another manuscript and hope that I can get it published eventually, yes. This book is Touch Not My Child by Al Kennedy, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, and elsewhere. Al, thank you again for your time tonight. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, Corey. You know, I appreciate you. Author Jay Turner reminds readers about the importance of looking back at your life to see how God has worked in her new book, God's Little Brag Book. Jay is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jay, thank you for sitting down with us tonight and chatting. You're so welcome. Thank you for giving me your time. Can you tell us about God's Little Brag Book? God's Little Brag Book is a testimonial book about God's goodness in my life. Essentially, it's situations that I've encountered in my life, car accidents, school, marriage, children, life experiences, and how God has shown up and ridiculously shown out in my life. That's what it's about. How did you get the idea or inspiration to write this and put it out there for the world? I thought people could stand encouragement. If you're only looking inside of yourself, then the context that you have. And so when you can hear or see that in someone else's story, then you can know, as I was taught growing up, if you've seen God do it before, then you know that he can do it for you. So your book stresses the importance of looking back because maybe when you're going through things, it doesn't seem so good, but you look back on it and there are times that actually it was fantastic and there was tremendous growth there. Can you speak on that? The scripture that's my favorite scripture is Romans eight twenty-eight. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. That scripture, it just rang so true to me that when you look back at things that you've gone through in your life, good, bad, big, small, when the word said all things, it truly encompassed all of those things that they worked for your good in your life because he is the author and finisher of our faith. So when I went through things in my life, like presently, I'm disabled. Of course, when I was 19 and I had a 
car accident, that was the worst day of my life. Fast forward 27 years later, I'm still here. That alone is a testament to the grace of God because I could not be here right now. And how he has blessed me to have a full and meaningful life when, to my mind, at 19, my life would have been over in that very moment. When I thought of, when as I read my word, I would think about how when the children of Israel, they had such stories of slavery and poverty. And, and when they got delivered, they were literally a part of miracles on a daily basis. And yet I can read those stories and see that they were in a miracle daily. They were in it and complaining. So sometimes you can't fully appreciate what God has done in your life until you can look back at it and take it in its full context. If a beginning writer came to you and said, can you give me some advice? I want to write my book. I want to get it published. What would you tell them? I would tell them to give yourself a lot of grace. We can be our harshest critic. I would start writing and I would stop writing because I was correcting my, my own writing. And once I allowed my to just write, that's what they have grammar correct for on the internet. Like, there are tools to help you, but just allow your voice to speak freely. This is God's Little Brag Book by Jay Turner, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get it at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, and everywhere else you purchase your reading material. Jay, thank you for chatting tonight. It was great getting to know you and learning about your books. Thank you so very much. Adventures in the restaurant business and some original recipes. That's what you're going to find in From Soup to Nuts, Cookbook and Hysterical Tales. Author Lori Jolly is with me right now. Lori, thank you for chatting with me tonight. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, can you tell us about From Soup to Nuts? Well, Soup to Nuts is a cookbook storybook. I actually call it a cook storybook of Canadian. My husband was Canadian and we were newly married and he was a gourmand and we came down to Milwaukee and uh, dove into a restaurant business because we thought we could run a business on our own. What ensued was uh, spectacular calamities, cooking mishaps, employee problems, customer problems. And by the time we were in five years, we were flourishing because we were hard workers and we could adapt really quickly. We could work 24 hours a day. But we said, somebody's got to write a book because there's crazy stuff that goes on in restaurants that people do not believe. Have you written a book before? No, I haven't. It's my first book. Being a biologist, I had no writing experience. And even though we had a 24-hour restaurant, I took writing classes at a nearby Alverno College. And Al dove into a local WCTC, a local technical school, and started taking cooking lessons. Wow. <laughs> so we learned as we went. And uh, of course, you can imagine there were some spectacular sacrifices we made. It was life love in the 80s, and we flourished by hard work and dumb luck. <laughs> if you would have a piece of advice to offer to aspiring authors that want to write their story, what would you say? You know what? Never stop believing in yourself. 
because I was, you know, um, new to the restaurant business. I was new to the writing business, but I had a story to tell. And I'm a good storyteller because I exaggerate all the pieces and I make people laugh. And they told me at my writing classes that I could be funny. So I have no computer skills. I type with one finger. I depend on friends who will will get me through the the computer stuff. I usually feed them. I feed them to pay them because <laughs> I'm cooking all the time. But never give up on yourself and never stop trying because there's editors, there's ghostwriters, there's people that can help you with your work. Um, because I'm not grammatically correct. I actually drive my editor crazy because I'm always using the wrong stuff, punctuations and so on. But you can do it if you believe in yourself. And I am a living proof of that. We self-published this book in 1990. It took years to write this thing, of course, with working 24-7. We self-published and sold it through our restaurants and through our retail markets. You know, our purveyors supported us. And uh, we did a Channel 10 36 auction. We gave them books. We did a television commercial. We actually flourished until 1992, we were, as I said, we were in a rough neighborhood. We were burned down the night of the Rodney King riots. Oh my God! Now, if that isn't worldly, um, you know, a world in a world kind of way, this is what we're living in in 2020. In 1992, we had the Rodney King problem, so we were burned up, and our books were cooked. <laughs> So we uh, we were done for a while. We 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 had to re recollect ourselves. The book went on the shelf. Uh, we built a new restaurant, a fine dining place, um, a barbecue joint, a Summerfest business, and then Al died. So in 2001, so I it, the book was still on the shelf, but I believed in myself. I believed in the book. And, I, and I'm semi-retired from the restaurant business. I still started poking it around saying, gosh, do you think this is funny? Do you think this is good? I never stopped believing in myself. This book is From Soup to Nuts, Cookbook and Hysterical Tales by Lori and Alan Jolly, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Lori, it was a pleasure speaking with you tonight. Thank you so much for chatting. Corey, thank you so much. You have a wonderful voice, and I can tell you have a beautiful spirit. Your own mind is one of the major forces that can hold you back in life. And author Kennedy King Odimba offers guidance in his new book, Living Beyond Limitations Every Day, 12 Profound Principles on How to Live Beyond Your Limitations Every Day. Kennedy is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for chatting with me tonight, Kennedy. Thank you so much. It's a big pleasure to have this time to uh, speak about my book. I've been looking forward to this day. So can you describe your book for us? Living Beyond Business Every Day talks about some challenges I've been through in my life, some uh, highlights of those challenges. I shared about 12 principles on what I did to overcome my challenges growing up in Africa in a, a very poor family. I didn't uh, let the the background of what I was going through to stop me. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was uh, the first person in my family to travel to a different country to um, better my life. You know, I never thought I would be able to change my life that quick, um, looking at my life eight years ago and where I am today. And I decided to write this book to 
empower people to let them know that it is possible, not minding your background, not minding what you are going through, not minding, you know, where you are from, that you can actually bring your dreams to reality. It is possible for everybody. Were there any major challenges or things you learned along the way of writing this and then going through the publishing? Yes, I, I, I learned about resilience and patience. I learned about, you know, staying on track. You know, if you have a dream and you have a goal, you, you have to discipline yourself to stay on track and don't give up, even in the midst of challenges, in the midst of dark times. I also learned that the closer you get to your dream, the darker it, it gets. You look as if everything is, you know, is not going to work out. But that is the time you need to stick to it. That is the time you need to consistently work on it and don't give up. Because at that point, the next step or the next move you make, everything is going to open up for you if you don't give up. So at some point, I wanted to give up on this book. When I was actually going through a divorce, I almost gave up on this book. I didn't give up on it. Now that it's published, it's like a big relief in my heart. You know, all these years of hard work finally paying off. I've learned patience and I've learned perseverance. Have you ever written a book before or been published? No, this is this is my first book being published. But I, I, I've been into writing all, all my life. But officially, this is actually my first uh, published book. This book is Living Beyond Limitations Every Day, 12 Profound Principles on How to Live Beyond Your Limitations Every Day by Kennedy King Odimba. This is published by Fulton Books, and you can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and Google Play, and anywhere else you find your reading material. Well, Kennedy, thank you for chatting today. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Author Francine Dent's new book, No One Told Me Marriage is a Ministry, is on shelves now, is published by Christian Faith Publishing, Francine is sitting down with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Francine, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you, too. Can you tell us about your book? My book is about, my book title is No One Told Me Marriage is a Ministry. It's all about how I did not get any counseling. No one told me about the ins and outs of marriage and what it, the ups and the downs. So I went through my first marriage with a lot of issues from my background, from my father being an abusive man, my mom who was just uh, so submissive and did whatever he said. And I kind of counseled them in between the times in between fights. So when I got married, I did not know that I was carrying all of the baggage from my childhood into my marriage. I realized that I wasn't the only one that had been a, a minister and, and teaching other women through women's ministry. I found out that there were many other women who were getting married and did not understand the concept of marriage, what it took to stay in marriage, what the, what it looked like, and what kind of person should I be looking for, and you know, what kind of questions I need to ask before getting married, just as I meet this person, finding out about his background and, and her background, and, and are we a good fit? Yeah, you might like this person a lot, but you may not be a good fit. You may not be who God wants you to be, and that's another whole issue. Had I known that 
And even though I came from a Christian background, a very strong Christian background, never really thought about the fact that God should be in the center and the head of my marriage and my decision to get married. So when I got married the first time, I got married because my father was so bound to keep me tied to him. You know, it was under the pulse of a controlling father. I married as an escape to get away from him. So this book is all about how or what should I look for to get married. It takes you through the four phases of marriage. Uh, pre-marriage, again, how, you know, what should I look for? Marriage, you know, that, that first probably 10 years of marriage is a real learning curve. A lot of things change. You get married, you go through the honeymoon stage, which is all marital bliss, and then all of a sudden you wake up and over. So then you look at it from reality state, especially those folks that have a sexual relationship entwined in, in that early relationship. And it's all about what feels good and you stop looking at what is good. So the second part of marriage is when you have children and you get all involved in the children, but not about your marriage. So as you get to the journey part, when they start leaving the nest, you once again look at marriage, your partner, and say, oh, you know, I married you. <laughs> and it's not so much what you thought happened in the first. And then when you get to the rest part, you retire it, and one retires and the other one still works, sometimes because you don't want to be home with that person anymore, you know, or you have to work. When you get in marriage situations, God doesn't release you from a relationship until you've done all that he required you to do. And when I had done that and this man had not changed, then God said, it's time to go. But you have to put God he has to be the focal point of everything that you do in marriage so that as you serve God, you can then serve man. Well, this sounds like a book that I think a lot of marriages could benefit from. This is No One Told Me Marriage is a Ministry. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and everywhere else you get your reading material. Francine, it was a pleasure speaking with you tonight. Thank you so much again for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. Chatting with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Dr. Marquita Masters. Her new book, God Picked You Out For Me, is on shelves now, and her son, Chianu Masters, is the co-author. Marquita, thank you for being here and talking tonight. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. Can you describe for us God Picked You Out For Me? God Picked You Out for Me tells the story of how my adopted son and I found each other. <laughs> so what was the inspiration or the idea, I guess, behind writing this story and then releasing it for publishing? It started out as like a love letter to my child. I adopted my son from my sister, who is also adopted. I wanted to sing the praises of adoption. And let the world know what a beautiful thing adoption is. Because if not for Chianu, I would have no children. I don't have any biological children. And there are lots of people in my situation. Adoption is a wonderful option for, for people who don't have biological children. And my sister did the most beautiful thing ever, gave me the most beautiful gift ever. 
by allowing me to adopt her third born. And I just wanted to celebrate that. About how long were you working on this from the time you started gathering all your thoughts clear through when it went to shelves? Uh, probably a long time. And, and I'm going to say a couple of years. But that was really my fault. Because it's about my son, I wanted the illustrations to look just like him. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went through quite a few illustrators before I realized that that's not going to happen. And so that delayed the book quite a while. It was, it's a labor of love. And like I said, it started out as, as a love letter to my child. And I, and I, I wanted him, I wanted it to be him on the, on the page. And, uh, and, and it took me a while to figure out that that just wasn't going to happen. So it still is a beautifully illustrated book. Often it takes a little bit of time to get things just right. So yes. would you have any advice for upcoming authors, aspiring writers that want to get their first book out there, get it published? Yes, I would say if you have a book in you, please put it on the page and, and, get, and get it published. Dr. Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your music still in you. So, And I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I would say if, if this is something that you've been thinking about doing, if you'd like to do, if you'd like to write, I would say just get started. Just get, just get started doing it. Don't, work, don't wait for the perfect time. I don't know if there's ever a perfect time. That's great advice. This is God Picked You Out For Me by Dr. Marquita Masters with Chianu Masters, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Marquita, thank you again for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.